congratulations. You have tuned in to the Rockaroo. It's uh, it's nice to see that the guy who still wears number nine is hitting into double plays uh, mm-hmm. today. A little spring training action against the Dodgers. Rockies Dodgers was on, and uh, I don't know if anyone got a chance to see it or not. But old, uh, I don't know how I'm going to refer to this player. I'm just going to say number nine for now, hitting into double plays. Just call him the Rainbow Hater. Ooh. Speaking of, I don't know if anyone saw the Rockaroos tweet or not. <laughs> uh, I'll just describe it real quick. <laughs> like at the beginning of spring training, um, the the Rockies at Rockies, their official Twitter tweeted out a, a great picture of a rainbow and it, like in the background of their uh, spring training facility. And so I, me, per, so, and just to be clear, we got our man Ian operating the, um, the Twitter. I do pop on every now and then to, uh, to, um, I like to think they're quips. Maybe they're not every now and then, but I, I tweeted back at that photo. I said, Hey, don't let Daniel Murphy see that. <laughs> uh, did you tweet at the rocks for that? Absolutely. Yeah, nice. I tried to find. I don't think. I don't uh, think he. I don't think Daniel Murphy has his own Twitter um, account. So, um, but yeah, I was on that thread. <laughs> well, good. There you go. So he does have his new nickname. <laughs> and you know, um, I was thinking today too. Hardcore DJ fans have got to be pissed that he's wearing number nine, right? Yeah, you would you would assume so, um, but I don't know who's hard who's the hardcore <laughs> DJ fans out there. <laughs> they exist, um, man. They exist. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure there's some out there, but <laughs> I think I guess it's not a large enough group to uh, be concerned about yeah. it if you're the Rockies issuing number nine. But it is like, hey, what? Like, why does he have to go with number nine? Is that what he always wore? I don't even know. Has that always been his number? I feel like he's like a 23 or yeah, something. Yeah, I think but. with the Mets, he was 23. And then I think with the Nationals, he was th- number three. Then I do think with the Cubs, he was nine. I'm not for sure on that. Um, really, I'm pissed because I'm a big Ian Stewart fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What the what gives out there? <laughs> Rockies. It does seem like you'd, you know, you just wait it out. Like, hey, let's not rub it in everyone's face. Like, yeah. season one. But that's a whatever. good point. Like, from his standpoint, it's like DJ was a pretty popular. I mean, despite the Rockaroo's personal feelings and mainly yours, because I didn't hate DJ, but he wasn't a, a top top guy on my list either by yeah, any I means. Mean, but there, I want to be. Cl- I want to be clear. I don't hate DJ. I just didn't think that he was the best uh, fit as a baseball player. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, I mean it. It is. 
It's a little bit rude, and maybe even the guys on the team. I mean, I mean, what does Charlie Blackman think of it? That'd be interesting to know, because uh, yeah. DJ was around for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely. Uh, I guess I'm I'm thinking it's probably an unspoken deal that uh, certain things don't happen. I'm, I guess Blackman's probably not too concerned about it, but they definitely had a good relationship and DJ for for all intents and purposes was like all of this stuff that I criticize him for was never his you know uh, clubhouse attitude he was I think he was a legitimate leader when it comes to that and that is the biggest piece that I think the Rockies will miss from him but um yeah I don't know if Murphy's got the ability to be that guy so I don't know maybe pick a different number but whatever <laughs> does whatever he does so yeah well but yeah but number nine was again grounding into double plays two of them i believe today so uh i guess that hasn't changed no just it's just (laughs) at a different position now (laughs) yeah and i want to bring this up since the rockies did play the dodgers today i was thinking is it time that we start calling calling uh, them the los angeles uh, for not only the the back to back lost World Series, but also the football team lost that Super Bowl. Oh yeah, Los Angeles, I think, is where we got to go now, right? It's just obvious. Yeah, it is quite obvious. I mean, it's just like literally a letter off. So uh, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. So I, I, I'm good with that. We can we can start referring to them as the Los Angeles Dodgers. And you, well, the Rockies actually played two. They played a split, a splitty today. They did split squad. So they're playing the Diamondbacks. And initially, I was thinking, you know how Diamondbacks and Rockies share the facility. Uh, I was thinking, oh well, obviously that Rockies Diamondbacks is at uh, their spring training facility, and the Dodgers Rockies are. Uh, at Dodgers, but that was not the case. That was not the case. The Dodgers and Rockies played at uh, at the Rockies Spring Training Facility, and that other split squad actually played in Mexico. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, Monterey, Mexico, with uh, led by well, I guess led by Mike Redman, but really led by Vinny Castilla. I I think is what happened there. Sure, Jeff Hop. They played two. One last night, being Saturday night. Uh, Jeff Hoffman had a solid, solid four-inning, I think, performance, which is really nice for all of us Jeff Hoffman fans. Yeah, absolutely. And that was, uh, which night was that? Saturday Saturday night, pretty sure. Yeah, last night. Okay, so, yeah. And so he goes, uh, what does he do? He goes four innings, allows two hits, strikes out five, that's awesome, and walks one. So... That was good, and I mean, if you really break it down between yesterday and today, I guess this is one of the big topics I think we'll probably discuss today, so why not just get into it now? But yesterday, last evening, yesterday evening, Hoffman goes, and then today, Anderson goes in the in the Diamondbacks tilt in Monterey, Mexico, and uh, Bettis goes against the Dodgers. So I think that uh, the significance there is those would probably be at least three of the four guys that are competing for 
what I would assume the last starting position spot for the Rockies. Um, so it's interesting to see them. They're going to get a lot of innings here in spring training, but uh, based on what you've seen so far, what's your what's your interpretation? Who do you think is the uh, front runner for that fifth starting spot? Well, okay. My first thing is, so you have, I assume, Senzatella then as a solid four? Yeah, correct. Okay. No, 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 no. No, I'm sorry. No, I do not have Sensatella as a solid four, which is, I guess, I have Sensatella as the fourth guy competing for the fifth spot. Okay, well, then who's your four? Are we. John Gray. John Gray. Who's your three? Oh, you're right. I said I said Anderson pitched today. Anderson is the three. He's okay. locked in at three. Okay. Yep. So I'm sorry. Yes. I got you. So it was Sensatella. It's the three guys: Bettis, Sensatella, and Hoffman. So the two pitched in in Monterey, Mexico. And then when did Sensatella last pitch? Couldn't tell you. I feel like it was one of the like it was recently. Uh, either way, he's pit, he's actually had quite a few innings. So. Uh, Based on what you've seen or heard or looked at, what are what's your impression of who the front runner is for the fifth spot out of the three guys? Sorry, Anderson's locked in at, at the three spot for sure. I it's hard for me to answer that question because I'll admittedly be biased about it. I would like to see Hoffman just because I like him. Uh, also, he he and Freeland are big buds, so uh, I think that could be beneficial for both of them i do really like senzatella and i do like bettis bettis pitched really well today uh he faced the minimum in fact if i'm if i'm not mistaken there uh, you know it is a sunday on a on in spring during spring training still kind of well i guess we're mid we're about mid spring training now but yeah i like i don't it's hard it's hard because i don't think ever in a time have have I personally ever liked all the candidates for a possible fifth spot? Like I like all of them. I'd be happy with all of them. I think, I think Bettis profiles better as a bullpen guy just because I don't know. I don't have a good, um, I really don't have a good answer for you other than the Hoffman. I just like, I, I like Jeff. I like Senzatella too. Senzatella can ramp it up. Um, but it's, it's an interesting problem that the Rockies have. It kind of feels like this is the first time that really, I, I guess right now I'm thinking, I think Hoffman probably has the most to prove to earn that. I guess if I had to order it, I'd go, oh man, I'd go Bettis, Bettis and Zatella Hoffman just due to, I guess, experience factor really is what it comes down to. So We'll see how they all perform. I know Hoffman got lit up kind of early in spring, uh, as did Bettis. Maybe not lit up is the right term to use, but and honestly, I, I don't really know anything about Senzatella's outings so far this spring. So um, it's yeah. a very it's a difficult question. It is so okay. So there's obviously the the two parts of it. Who would you like to see? Um, Obviously, like you said, Hoffman is who you would like to see. However, you think it's, you know, Bettis, Sensatella, Hoffman, based on both past experience in the majors as well as what they've done in the spring. And 
I think, I mean, if you break down Bettis, Bettis is interesting because he's he's gone through quite a lot, obviously, mm-hmm. with uh, cancer and everything. And blisters, last year, he's nasty blisters. blisters. Nasty blisters. But last year, he started the season off as the really the Rockies. I don't want to say ace because uh, Freeland was doing well at the beginning too, but he was still kind of the young guy at the helm. And Bettis really was the ace there till you know, the, the whole first half of the season. He had potential Cy Young type numbers in ERAs below. I mean, his ERA was in the twos and he was doing very well. And then, of course, he just kind of fell off. Kind of like uh, Anderson. Anderson was uh, really, really good and really, really bad. He was never really mediocre, which we would like to see him be really, really good all year long, obviously. But um, it is an interesting fact, and and I'll talk to you more. We'll ask this question about whether you really believe the first four are locked in in the spots that they're locked in to or not. But... Let's just I'll just run down some spring training numbers so far. So we'll start with Hoffman, since you were talking about him. And he has pitched 10 innings so far with a 360 ERA and a one whip walks and hits per inning pitched and a 200 batting average against. Can I interrupt so, for just a quick moment? moment? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Whip, I... The whip stat, shouldn't that just be called base runners allowed per inning? Like, isn't that essentially what that is? Uh, it's, it's walks plus hits per inning, right? Yeah, it's pretty close. But if you hit a guy hit by pitch, it's not oh, going to go in there. Okay. Yeah, so it's just walks and hits. Well, but basically, yeah, runners allowed. Okay. Or like, And the reason for that, obviously, you have intentional walks that you don't want going into that oh, stat. Yeah. Yep. If you're thinking about like performance-based stuff. And I get that. Walks and errors, are, I, mean, I suppose, would factor. Yep errors, yep, errors don't go into that. So, no, I guess, I mean, it is basically that, but you would have uh, a, probably a little bit higher runners allowed if you if you went with that stat. Okay. Uh, I just, I've been actually wanting to talk about that for a long time. So I just, I saw the opportunity, had to wedge it in, but yeah, heck yeah. And the reality is a one is probably is pretty good. One's pretty good. His ERA is not good, which means he was, you know, he's obviously given up some big hits and, in not the wrong time or mold, like multiple back-to-back homers or something. He's not really allowing guys on, but his ERA is a little, High three is not three forty six. I think is what I said. Uh, not horrible. Three sixty, and then he struck out eight. So he struck out almost a batter per inning pitched, um, and walked three. Ultimately, like not shabby, not bad. Not gonna really. That's uh, definitely worthy of consideration for starting. Now, of course, he hasn't done that in the, uh, you know major leagues when he got his opportunities to start games. So he's going to have to eventually prove it in the regular season, but it is uh, an interesting, uh, like you said, dilemma to have a guy like that producing right now. And he's definitely fighting for that spot. I'd say if he's not, and I'd say this with all three guys, you know, if they don't make the starting uh, rotation, they're going to be in the bullpen as the long man. So 
All right. What do you, I mean, what do you think of those stats? I, they're not bad. I think, um, you know, it's tough to tell cause you get, you have one bad inning at the, your first inning of spring training. That's going to skew those. But if you were to just say a three, six ERA for the season, I'd take that from a fifth starter. Every I'd take that from a fourth starter. Like no Heck questions yeah. asked. So, uh, and the strikeouts. I always like these strikeouts. Um, we, you know, it just means you can get you can get out of sticky stuff. Um, and then the other the other reason I, I I root for Hoffman is because you gotta get you gotta get something from that Tulowitzki deal. You've already yeah. lost Miguel Castro. Uh, they just announced that uh, Jesus Tinoco is going to be, he was a starter. He's going to be, they're going to turn him into a reliever, which yeah. is kind of like, well, okay. But I mean, he could end up being a dominant back end of the guy, back end of the bullpen guy, which would be right. worth it. But still, you want to, you want to see at least one of those guys really be, honestly, even like a two, at least a two spot rotation guy. But if he can get a, get him in that fifth spot, it, it'd be nice. So that that's another reason I'm big on Hoffman too, just to make that, I don't know, is that an investment, I suppose, pay off? I mean, we did get a couple months of Jose Reyes if you're a Jose yeah. Reyes fan, but... Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you'd like to see Hoffman pan out as a starting pitcher, not yeah. a... But, it, you know, if he is a dominant reliever, then that's not a major loss, but, yeah, you want him to pan out as a a mid rotation type guy really and, yeah and he was uh want. he was a top 10 pick as well so he went right i can't remember he either went right before or right after freeland that the season that freeland was drafted as well um right yeah so and then okay can't really remember what you <laughs> asked me <laughs> Do you? That, that was it. I just oh, no. Okay. I just asked what to, what you thought the stats were or how you oh, like those right, stats. Right, right, And speaking yeah. of stats, want to bring this up, Marquez. We, you you brought up who pitched these last two days. The Rockies played uh, back to back back to back split squad days, and so they had four starters, if you will. And um, Mark. So Marquez pitched in the Arizona game yesterday, and I just okay. wanted to go over his stats in three innings. He had nine strikeouts. Oof. That he gave guy up, is brutal. Yeah. He gave up four hits, one walk, zero earned runs, one regular run. Um, I, I do want to mention they it was against a, a lineup with guys like Bowers, Allen, Luplo, Thompson, and Flaherty, if um if you've ever heard of any of those guys for the Cleveland <laughs> Indians. So take that as you will, but still Nine uh, Ks and three innings against any batters is is pretty solid. Yeah, it it really is because uh, they're still pros trying to make a team and they can hit. So that's uh, pretty impressive and and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those. I think it'll be one of those back and forth years for Freeland and Marquez. Like, which one do, is the ace? Maybe the the both are. We have a double ace. Yeah, and situation going on, but and the the other interesting part of that for me personally was yesterday morning. You ever wake up and you just have a thought in your mind? 
Like you, you didn't dream about it. It's not a dream, but you just wake up and there's a thought there. Yes, I have. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So I do. Saturday morning, I woke up and this thought was just there. And it was when Herman is fully on, is he as good as anyone in the game? Any starting pitcher in the game? Your Scherzers, your Kershaws, um, whoever else is out there pitching well. Like if you take his best, his absolute. Like when he best compared to their absolute best yeah is that what you're saying yes. yeah I, I think definitely i think he'd probably be as good if not better than those and the difference obviously is consistency and then i didn't know this but he ended up pitching that day which i thought was pretty cool that is cool it's very kismet oh yeah so uh, and then but then that led me to this thought okay well we're talking about herman we got to talk about this other guy same question with Kyle Freeland. When he's fully on, is he as good as any one else in the game? That's, I mean, that's a really good question because he does not have that overpowering stuff that you see from like a Scherzer or a Kershaw or a um, Sale. Let's uh, say yes. That's the can't believe hey, that. Like, can, yeah, I mean. He doesn't have that, and I, like I don't know if you know much about uh, Snell. He was the AL Cy Young winner last year, but he doesn't have that type of that type of stuff. Now, is he just as good as those guys? Though, uh, I mean, I think so because his command is his control and command is so good, especially at this young age, that I think he could be a very scary pitcher for years to come uh and i like i don't want to make the comparison but i mean he's like a maybe a top end type guy that that has that control someone maybe like a i don't know like a greg maddox type guy wow but that, that that's uh that's a lot to live up to freeland but that's the way I would compare him as opposed to like a Scherzer who just like Scherzer, Snell, right. Kershaw. Those guys all have sale. They all have those pitches that are just the out pitch and, and Freeland's got it. And he proved it last year with his strikeout rate, which, you know, increased pretty drastically. And I think that was the difference between him, his rookie season and last year. But I mean, the guy was basically a, a couple pitches away from throwing a no-hitter in his rookie season at Coors Field. So, I mean, I think there's some special stuff that he's got. I think he's special. I would say that. Oh, he absolutely is. Um, and then I, when I posed that question to myself, I, I, I told myself the exact same things you just said. Yeah, he's good. He doesn't have the overpowering, you know, the super cheese fastball and the – you know, 12-6 curve and all that stuff. But when you really break it down, it's all about getting outs and limiting runs. If you have a pitcher that throws 35 miles an hour and his ERA is 1.2 for the season, does it really matter? No, it doesn't. But, you know, it's it's just like the home run ball, you know, on the other side of the spectrum, like, 
Right. You do like to see like you do like to see guys freaking whiffing and striking out a lot. And that's the one thing Marquez brings that's like, whoa. It's like when when he is on, it's like those dudes, yep. it's not that he's striking them out by like, oh, foul ball here, a ten pitch at bat. I mean, he's like three pitches and got him. Like he like he's untouchable when he's like on on. Well, then that comes down kind of to the two sides of the game, right? Like the winning and being good side and then the entertainment value side. Yeah. You know, so um, I like watching Freeland pitch. He, he's got the dude. And then when you pair him with Herman, then honestly, I love watching Anderson when he's on because he's got the dude too, man. He really does. Oh, I, yeah. I'll never forget they were playing um, – the nationals last season in Washington early in the season and he was facing Bryce Harper and he ended up walking him. and the fourth ball was outside and a little bit low and he just yelled a big old curse word and Harper stuck cause Harper started to bend down to take off his, you know, shin guard and, and whatever. And Harper stopped and looked up at him like, what? Hey, <laughs> and then he kind of smiled and ran on down to first base. And it was, it was very funny. Um, but yeah, I, he's when he's not giving up home runs left and right. Uh, I like watching him pitch same with, I guess that's, I guess that is kind of silly to say. I mean, any pitcher who's really pitching well is fun to pitch or fun to watch. So, um, you know, take that as you will, but yeah, but some of those guys, like you said, they're really good, and they just, they don't have that attitude that you're talking about. Yeah. That full, yeah, they're just boring. They don't. But you know, the good ones, I would say Scherzer for like the guy is just so he's so dominant, and he really is. And but when he's out there, he's he's different than like a Freeland or like an Anderson, like you were saying with that attitude, or or a Sale. Like Chris Sale is just like like that you know he gets fired up you know and it's like yeah. Scherzer's more of just the dude that's like i'm just gonna come out here and just just blow you away and he's all like he's always seems like he's in a good mood not that there's anything wrong with that but you know i don't see that like fire in his eyes that you see on like a freeland and a and a anderson and like a sale type of a guy where it's just like i'm gonna dominate you well, it's because you're distracted because of the two eye colors. Well, you, know, yeah, you don't know which true. one to look at, and so you're going back and forth, and and maybe that's part of his game, you know. But the cool thing that is that I like now is so guys like Scherzer and Sale and Kershaw, they are they have the reputation, not only with the other batters in the box against them, but the umpires as well, and the the other team like. Oh, we're facing Scherzer today. Maybe he doesn't have to have a hundred percent on his game um, or execute his pitches one hundred percent because he's got that mental mental edge, that mental factor already. Yeah. And now yeah. because Kyle and Herman did it last year, maybe they start getting some of that. Like, oh shit, we're going up against Marquez today. You know, you already, you already got them. If they're, if they're doing that, you already got them. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a lot of respect across the league when it comes to that, because like for Freeland, I think it's just more like, oh yeah, that guy's is tough to hit. He's for whatever reason, it's hard to, to get him. And then Marquez is just like, 
yeah, that guy's impossible to hit if he's on. And hopefully this year he like strings a bunch of that stuff together early. Cause like Marquez is always that guy that's like not bad, but not great early. And then he's like great late. And hopefully he can do, do the great thing early, which will build on to his success because he will have that mental edge on those guys. So even on a, on a day when he's not, particularly on he can have the mental edge uh and i think early on in the season that you know that kind of thing can build confidence and lead to uh quite the overall season which is what i think we're going to get out of marquez this year i mean he did set the rockies strikeout record last year so he did with 230 and speaking of i'm glad you brought that up i was interested to see that and you you probably know this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you know where John Gray last season ranked in uh, strikeouts in the NL? Uh, I don't know his exact number, uh, but he was in the, like, I want to say in the NL, he was probably in the top, definitely in the top 30, maybe top 20. 10th. Oh, 10th. 10th overall. Even higher. Yeah. With 183. Now, guys and gals, remember, he was sent down to Albuquerque for, like, what, four or five starts? Yeah. And he finished 10th. And I think that's the thing with John is he's got that he's got that strikeout ability, and that's why it's like, come on, baby, let's, let's go. And, um, you know, he's put on a little more weight this season. Uh, he got rid of the long hair. He's got himself a – in fact – they were doing 30, 30 clubs in 30 days on the MLB network, if anyone got a chance to see that. Um, the one guy, Brian something or another, can't remember his name, but he was interviewing John, and they were talking about the hair, and the interviewer said, yeah, I like I like the new do. It, uh, it's streamlined, and it's meaner. So I like John Gray's look. He even said that it's been work. the haircut. He actually said that he... He trimmed he trimmed the long hair and he made a mistake and so he had to go short. But um, he said it was working for him so far in the spring and I think he's had a pretty pretty solid spring. I don't know the exact stats, but um, he could. And I think with John, the big thing this season is now he's not the guy that everyone's looking to be ace. Now he can just maybe ignore all the noise because it's not really there anymore and he can be a really solid third guy and 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 maybe maybe challenge freeland and marquez yeah so uh i was gonna ask you later after we went through you know sensitella bettis and hoffman but since we're we're on this topic now we'll but just I, go but with i it, fucked but, it up huh <laughs> but eh, you know whatever that's just that's the the course of the of the uh broadcast here yeah. if we call it a broadcast or podcast the uh john gray has been doing kind of okay he's got a one era in in nine innings and he's struck out uh well let's see how many has he struck out 10 so one more than innings pitched and he's got that uh that whip is at a point three three. so i don't know i don't know whatever yeah <laughs> Nothing. There's only nine innings. 
<laughs> but he, yes, John Gray is is there. And my my question to you is like, hey, do, are you like fully confident that John Gray should be locked in as the fourth starter? Because that's the way it went in, right? Like the only competitions in camp second base, which we talked about last podcast and probably this fifth starter, everything else was for the most part locked in and John Gray was locked in at four yet. John Gray didn't even make the playoff roster last season. So it was interesting to me, but I I mean, he's, he's come up and he's shown what he's got. And I think that he's, uh, I think he's got that more carefree, uh, attitude, less pressure and is, is, has the potential to really uh do something this year and and man those like if John Gray could be that John Gray that doesn't uh I don't know that is consistent is what I should say because he's you know he's like boom seven great starts in a row and then just absolutely gets destroyed and then you know for three or four starts and then seven great starts in a row so if he could be that consistent guy like yeah he's going to challenge Marquez for the strikeout record again. Maybe they will both be battling it this year to see who takes it, but uh, maybe they won't. I don't know. But, you know, those guys do have extreme uh, swing and miss stuff. So uh, I think that it could be really, really exciting one through four on the Rockies starting rotation. Well, yeah, and I even, if I were running the show, I would I'd lock John in as a solid three and Anderson would be the fourth. Um, but you know, they like the Rockies are really obsessed with the, the left, right combos. Um, not only when the pitching rotation, but the batting lineup as well. So it, it more than likely will be Anderson, but I would put him at three. So, um, and who knows? I mean, cause Anderson, is good. He's good. He has consistency issues him himself. He was injured, was dealing with um, injuries last season. So, I mean, honestly, it could end up being, it probably won't, and they won't say it, but it could be, it kind of could be a four-man battle for the last two rotation spots. Um, maybe yeah. that's just my uneducated. I haven't seen Anderson pitch at all this spring, so... I'm just kind of spitballing here, but uh, it could be if, I mean, if Sensatella, let's, for example, if Sensatella and Hoffman really just show up, then it's like, well, shit. What do we maybe, I mean, Anderson again has the the track record kind of both ways, positive and negative. Anderson, I think, was number two or three in the NL with home runs giving up given up last season right behind John Gray, who was like one or two. So (laughs) that's a concern for sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, part of that is uh, two of the parks that they have to pitch in are Coors and Chase. Oh, man. But, yeah, it's But now they don't have to deal with Daniel, the hot bat of Daniel Descalzco anymore in division, so. Oh, that's true. He's, uh. He is out of division now, so that helps. Man. <laughs> I think that guy hit like seven home runs last year, and they're all against the Rockies. Yeah, and like key situations too. Yeah. And since we're talking about pitching, brutal. I had this note that I actually now feel 
silly for even writing down after what we just talked about with all these options of starting pitchers and, and liking them all. But, um, James Shields is a free agent. Um, they interviewed him again on MLB TV. I saw that seemed like a real cool guy, uh, has the experience, has the nickname, big, big game, James. Um, you know, I was going to bring it up. Is that a possible guy to sign? But now I'm thinking that's just that's just dumb. Kind of. I mean, it doesn't hurt to have starting pitching depth, that's for sure. So Well, really, the cool thing would be if you could swing it and say, hey, we want to sign you, but we want you to to kind of uh we want you to play in Albuquerque and and tutelage. Is that how I use that word tutelage, the guys are starters. I mean, that'd be great. Obviously he's probably thinking, fuck you. I'm a, I'm a, (laughs) I'm a third spot rotational guy. So yeah, that'd be the the Uh, cool way to do it. But yeah, that would, that would be sweet. That, yeah, that would be sweet. I guess to me, if you're like, if you're the Rockies right now, um, if you're going to sign a free agent starting pitcher, Dallas Keuchel's your only option, but uh, that would be that would just be my thoughts on that. Um, and then you can you can have the starting pitching depth that would really kind of dominate in the National League. Got a reboot. No, no, I heard the about this the TV show on Showtime though. All right, let's see. All right, we're back. Where was I? Um, I guess we probably have to do a countdown again. Let's do. All right. Do you think we're good enough to go from five? Yeah, we are for sure. All right, I'll let you start. Okay. Five, four, three. Two, one. Dallas Keiko would be a very intimidating factor in the Rockies' rotation. I think he would fit in great, too. That's just my opinion. Now, the real question is, are the Rockies willing to spend for him? I guess, obviously, he must be looking for long-term, big contract. Yeah, The Rockies uh, are scared to do that on any pitcher because of... Hampton and Nagel and thanks a lot guys. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Bin Laden. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> I was going to thanks Obama. <laughs> no, I was going with the, uh, the hangover. Oh, it's frowned upon. Thanks a lot. Bin Laden. <laughs> know which part I'm talking about? Maybe not. Vaguely, vaguely, vaguely. <laughs> okay. Um, so I just so see anyways. us getting in a deep rabbit hole. If we, yeah, yeah, right. So Dallas, I think Dallas Keuchel is a uh, would be a very nice fit. The only the only thing that kind of would suck about him is that he is so similar to Kyle Freeland. Well, yeah, and would he even want? He'd be like he'd have to be a third. You know, you can't. Yeah, you can't do. I mean, you can't do that to Freeland and Marquez. Plus, then we talk about like upsetting the kind of the clubhouse balance as well. Um, 
But what if they could score him on a one-year, one-year big deal? That would be definitely worth it. You'd, you'd, you would do, you would stamp that no problem. Yeah. If you could do that, I mean, I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, right. Cause we talked about that with Bryce and he ended up signing 13 years. So idiot could have come to Colorado and had a hell of a season. Yeah. I mean, he gave up 45 million a year for five years to do 25 million a year for 13. He just wanted the big locked in guaranteed stuff. What was the five year deal? Uh, you know, it's all rumors. That's just oh. what they said LA offered him. Well, and then I heard uh, the Giants were. Yeah, weird. they were in it. <laughs> weird. I thought they only go after the old guys. What's going on? <laughs> um, yeah. But the other cool thing about Keichel, just a final thought from me on it, is he does have that, not only the playoff experience and not only the World Series experience, but the World Series victory experience. So that that's kind of one of those intangibles. Yeah, and the Cy Young winner. He's a Cy Young oh, winner. Oh, there you I mean, go. Dude, like... So basically the thing is the thing about that is he's got it all accomplished and done, you know, like, so he can pitch loose and free. And that's why I think I, like me, I wouldn't be too, uh, high on giving him a long-term deal, but those short-term deals. Yeah. Like, man, put him up. And he's not like a guy that you like his arm action and his, delivery and his velocity all that stuff like health wise he does not concern he would not be a guy that would concern me when it comes to that because that can be concerning for signing some of those big name pitchers you know well do you know how old he is off the top of your domer uh no not off the top of my head that would be a that would be a lookup question um, my guess is that he's in his uh late 20s but well you know the thing about it is if he were concerned with winning another big one, the rock again, we, we talked about it in a previous episode, the Rockies would be pretty, pretty high on that list. I mean, they're positioned for, you know, they have Nolan, obviously Charlie, obviously uh, Trevor story, I think just made, made the, uh, the three overall best shortstop list um, yeah. behind Lindor, who I agree with, and then Javier Baez, who I don't agree with because I'm pretty sure I thought he a, was a second baseman. Yeah, he's a second baseman. But whatever, he Tr- Trevor's still up there. So, and then you have the the nice young rotation. So, but maybe who knows? Maybe that they're working on a deal. Whatever, maybe not. But what? Okay, let me ask you this: If you had to give a percentage of the Rockies signing Keiko for any amount of time, whether it's a season or 13 seasons, what would you put it at? 22 and a half. Oh, I thought, I honestly thought it would be lower for you. So you thought I was going to go with like a two or a three. No, I was thinking maybe 10, 12 ish area. Yeah. I mean, ultimately I guess anything under 50, I'm safe in saying, but because <laughs> <laughs> if they don't sign them, I can say, see, I was right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's, it's a low chance, but 
man, who knows? That'd be awesome. I just don't, I don't think, I think the Rockies are done. They're focused in on, on locking in their fifth starter, locking in their second baseman, and then seeing what happens from there. And then working Uh, on that, uh, Daniel Murphy trade. Yeah. Yeah. Starting to work that out. Do you think they're regretting Uh, that? Like after this spring that Hampson and McMahon are having? Uh, no, I don't. Well, there's that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I just think that spring, I love spring training and talking about spring training stats and everything, but, uh, the Rockies do like that veteran presence for some weird reason. Yeah. So I think that they just, they think they did a great job there and I don't know. And I, maybe they did. I say, hopefully they did. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest. I didn't hear that last part because I was thinking about what I was going to say. Can you hit hit me with it again? <laughs> uh, maybe maybe the Rockies. <laughs> I just said maybe the Rockies know that they did a great thing with uh, Daniel Murphy. Maybe they did. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what I was working on in my brain was um, if he is going to be on the team, can we at least get a damn haircut for the guy? I mean, come on, man. We got all these young strapping men with their nice, you know, they got the facial hair, they got the hair high and tight. Even Desmond fits in. And then we got a frumpy Daniel Murphy is how I would describe him. Frumpy looking. Hmm. Do you think do you think that's uh Rogers' problem as well? No, I think Rogers uh because he does have long hair now, you're right. Uh, it could be. Hey, man. Hey, you make a great observation. You make a very intelligent observation. <laughs> and although Blackman goes with the long hair, he keeps it high and tight on the front. And nope. that's kind of his thing, you know, whereas Daniel Murphy, <laughs> yeah. it just looks like he's... It borderline looks... It just... It doesn't fit, Daniel. Come on. Let's be part of the team. If you got to get a neck tat, do it. That fits, baby. That fits. Do something. Do something. You already stole number <laughs> nine from DJ. Come on now. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I think uh, I think Keuchel would be. Uh, it would be nice to to see that happen. It's not going to happen, obviously. Um, they're going to choose probably. I think they're going to go with Bettis. Uh, we didn't get. We talked about Hoffman's stats. Are you interested in in talking about? Bettis and uh, Sensatella, Absolutely. what they've done for the spring. Absolutely. Okay, which 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 one you want to start with? Sensatella, because I don't know anything, honestly, about his his spring. His spring. Okay, so one of the main things, obviously, is innings pitch. Right, we just talked about. Um, well, we didn't just talk about it. It was a little while ago, but we talked about Hoffman. We talked about Gray. They both were at basically 10 innings pitched, right? Um, so where is Antonio Sensatella in innings pitched? He's only at seven. So just keep that in mind when we go through the, the numbers. Uh, he's got two strikeouts, 186 whip, and a... Uh, 514 ERA. So, um, but he does have two wins. Two wins. The overall, those numbers are not uh, really even close to what Hoffman's done. And Hoffman did, I think he started kind of, kind of off, but 
with a bad outing, but he must have had, you know, multi he had a couple of good outings after that. Sensatella, I know he's pitched at least three games, I think. Um, you know, to get stretched out. So yeah, he's pitched three games. So roughly two innings a game, a little more than that. He's uh they're talking a lot about him early on. A lot of the articles I was reading was that he was uh kind of commanding the zone and everything, but his statistically speaking, he doesn't look great. That's what he's been up to. I don't know. I uh I got a chance to watch wasn't that uh that game that that uh we talked about from the last podcast that was Sensatella that started that game. And he, to me, he looked, uh, he looked okay, but he was giving up a lot of, uh, a lot of hits was pitching to contact a little bit. Um, not that that's a bad thing. Who knows what the Rockies are looking at? Cause really when you're looking to pick that fifth starter, you're not necessarily looking at stats, right? You're looking to see what they're working on and are, are they able to execute their game plans? Yes. So that's Sensatella. Uh, overall, if you're just going by stats, Hoffman's got him. Uh, he's got the muscle on him, right? Yeah. Is that a term or did I just make that up? No, I like it. I like it. So then Betts, Bettis. I called him Betts. I don't know Mookie, what happened there. You're thinking Mookie. I, I wasn't. What's that guy's contract, next contract going to be like? Oh, he's going to sign a 15 and a half year deal for $550 million. <laughs> He'll be a free agent at the all-star break. and Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Don't, don't worry. That's who the Yankees plan on signing. If they're ever going to sign another big guy. Hey, remember Jacoby Ellsbury? <laughs> he's still on their team he is he was like injured all last season or something i like that guy yeah. just disappeared from the zeitgeist but he at a time he was the guy right yes he was he very much was so okay so bettis how many innings has he pitched so far he's actually got the most at 11.2 and he has a Whip of 1.11 with 11 strikeouts and a 386 ERA. So just goes to show, I mean, it really, to me, that's just like the veteran, veteranness kicking (laughs) in, I guess, you know, like he just goes out there and does his thing and he does it. He looked good today. Mm -hmm. I I assume you watched him today. I did, yeah. You're right. He faced the minimum. Uh, It looked good. Like... To me, again, he's the front runner on winning that uh, on winning that battle of the fifth starter. So, I think uh, I think for the most part, we probably know what the Rockies' uh, starting lineup and then starting rotation is going to be, right? Yeah. Do you other than maybe McMahon? You think he'll be the opening day second baseman? I mean, we still have a lot of spring training to go through. Well, maybe uh, there not. is a lot of spring. What, You're right. Two weeks, two and a half weeks. Yeah, I mean the la- Here's the thing: like for the most part, they're gonna decide that. Like here in the next couple of games, you're gonna get kind of a decision on the way they're gonna go, and that's the starting lineups you're gonna start seeing here soon because they're gonna want to start gelling and putting game plans together and seeing how everybody goes. 
you know, playing with each other. That's going to start happening here in the next week or so. So the decisions are going to be made here pretty soon, unless something, you know, crazy happens. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think that McMahon is going to be the starting, the quote unquote starting second baseman. But the reality is, I think that they're going to go Ryan McMahon, Garrett Hampson, Pat Vileka are all going to make the roster. Uh, obviously, because even Hampson, Hampson and Vileka, and even McMahon, they all offer like extreme versatility. Like McMahon can pretty much play three of the four infield spots. Hampson can play two of them. He played, uh, he's been playing a, a good amount of short, so he can play short and second, and then he plays, you know, center field as well. So I think they like that. And then, of course, Valeka can play just like McMahon. He can actually, he can play all four. They've had him at all four spots. I know that we don't like him at first base. We've had that conversation, but uh, yeah, he probably shouldn't be at first base ever, but I think they're going to have all the three of those guys on. McMahon will kind of officially be called the starter, but he'll have a short leash. I don't think they're going to give him. Unfortunately, I just feel like that's the way the Rockies roll, and they might even just say, hey, we're going to go with a second base platoon. McMahon against righties, Hampson against lefties. And you know, Patty V has not, cooled off since our last episode um he's still out there raking so actually the reality is mcmahon hasn't either you're right and ham and hampson has kind of i guess he had one game where he didn't get a hit but i mean he really hasn't either so uh they want it which is good very good they want it yeah yeah um locked in yes locked in you mentioned kind of we know the lineup both and the rotation, uh, and maybe we want to table this for the next episode. Maybe not. Uh, I'll let you decide that. But it's a big thing, I think. I think it's a huge thing, and it's Nolan hitting second. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, so the, I guess – let me just, I'll just preference whatever we start talking about right now. I'll preference it by saying, I think for the most part, what what is assumed is that you're going to have a Rockies lineup with Blackman, Arenado, Murphy, Story, Dahl, Desmond, probably McMahon, Ionetta, maybe in that order, right? But that's that's kind of my guess. They like Blackman leading off for whatever reason. Uh, so that's where I would see that going. And that was Nolan Arenado obviously hitting second. Is that the spot for him? Or is that the spot for Daniel Murphy? That's the question, right? I mean, who if you don't have Arenado hit second, who do you put second? Well, my personal belief, you got to bring in Garrett Hampson and have him be your leadoff hitter playing second base. And have. And then Charlie batting second. And honestly, possibly even Desmond batting second if if he can... Step it up. If he can prove that he's worthy, I guess. And yeah. then really Charlie third and Nolan fourth. Um and then story fifth? Yeah, man. That's nasty. 
So you don't like, I mean, honestly, how can you not have story hitting fourth or higher though? No, that's shit. That's a good point. Um, well, the okay. So the lineup today was probably what we're going to see opening day. And for most of the season, and it was Blackman leading off Nolan second, Murphy third story fourth, somebody fifth. Who was fifth? Was it David David Dahl? And then sixth was, oh, Mark Reynolds. So you would probably see Desmond in place of that. Yeah. And then McMahon, Ionetta, pitcher spot. More than likely, that's what I got to assume that's what we're going to see. I don't like Nolan hitting second because, you know, the fucking Angels hit Mike Trout second for two games in a row and it became the trend of the world. And it, but it works because Mike Trout, why he can run the bases. <laughs> Yes, it's yes. well documented. Nolan cannot run the bases, though. I don't know if you've noticed, but he looks he looks a little skinnier this season, which I'm uh, I'm a little concerned about because, you know, especially with power numbers and stuff, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Hopefully it's not a huge deal, but and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just because I saw him when he was interviewed. He wasn't wearing his uniform, so it made him look look uh, skinnier but in fact the the um the los angeles dodgers announcers made mention of the same thing today so uh ah. but that's a little side story there that we can get into some other time but i don't like nolan hinton second mainly for the fact that he can't run the bases um yeah i mean and when i say can't i mean he's not he's not good he's not fast and he's just not as good as some of your other options. I'd almost maybe rather see Trevor story hit, hitting second for that reason. Um, right. So that's where I stand on the thing. I know the, the theory is, Ooh, he's going to get 30 more extra at bats. And it's like, okay, cool. But you know, is it, then it comes down to a quantity versus quality argument. Like, would you rather have him have 10,000 at bats with no guys on or 5,000 at bats with runners on base. Those numbers obviously don't make sense, but they illustrate my idea. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to the fact that that's why we don't like Blackman hitting lead off. So, I mean, Blackman, Arenado, Story, Murphy, those guys are all power guys. I mean, legit they are. Mm -hmm. Daniel Murphy less so than the other ones, but it's like if you go with a lineup that's Blackman, Arenado, Murphy, Story, which okay, that's possible. How many times are we going to hear it? And they'll probably, if that is the lineup, they'll probably set a record with this, with the like largest number of back-to-back home runs to start a game in Major League Baseball history. We'll see Blackman hit one and Arenado hit one. And we'll be up two to nothing, whatever, in the first first inning, which is cool. Yeah. But what, like, isn't it, I just feel like it's so much better if you give them the opportunities, you know, get like a McMahon or a Hampson, more like a Hampson, like on base, steal yes. a base, you know. Manufacturing like, runs. Or even, yeah, I would even rather see, like you said, Story hits second, Arenado third, Murphy fourth. I, I would much yeah. rather see something like that. Um, I, I just don't see why you have a power guy hitting second. It just it makes no sense. And really, Blackman and Arenado both are 
our bottom of our middle of the lineup hitters. And so is story. Those guys really should be three, four, five, probably in some, some kind of order. Uh, maybe not. I mean, but the fact of the matter is that's, what's going to get you. That's going to be what gets you to manufacture runs and you're going to have three run bombs and, you know, two run bombs coming out of the three and four hole versus the, you know, one, one home run, you know, like the single Jack, which is good. Like it, but you just like it much better when there's men on. That's just the way it is. And I don't subscribe to the home run. That's how we're going to score our runs theory. I, I think the home run for me should is a cherry on top type of thing. Let's focus on getting guys on base. If it's a walk, Hampson walks. He's got a great eye. He's got great plate discipline. Like you said, he can steal second base. No problem. He could advance on balls in the dirt. They don't have to be true past balls. Um, just for the plain fact that he's fast. Um, and then maybe you get a bunt here and there. Maybe, I mean, manufacture runs, Opposed to just like, oh, well, Nolan's going to hit 40 home runs a season and Trevor Story's going to hit 40 home runs a season and uh, we'll just rely on that. I don't like that. I don't, I never have. Um, and I know it's tempting to chase that thought when you play at Coors Field, but sometimes, because you need to win games even when your best players are having a little slump, because it happens. It happens. Yeah. And you got to be yeah. able, you got to, be able to manufacture runs. And then in the, when it comes to playoff time, 2018 national league divisional series, you're sitting there waiting for guys to hit home runs and they never did when really you should have been focusing on getting guys on base and moving them over, bunting, whatever you got to do. And then you lose that. You don't even win a single game. So if you already have that in your mindset throughout the season, and that's where my, my, um, Oh, what's the, word my uh hesitation no dislike yeah but a better word for dislike my criticism i guess of bud black comes into play i don't think and i'll say it time and time and again uh, he's done wonders for the rockies pitching there's absolutely no doubt about that and right you know i wouldn't trade that for anything but i still think his the whole lineup thing and, and manufacturing runs just isn't necessarily there. And it is easy to rely on the bomb when you have guys like bomb Nato and pink in the lineup who can just flat out hit, but they're going to have their O for four games and you got to find win- ways to win those games as well. Yeah. And that's true. Like you get you like, let's say you get Char- Charlie Blackman. I don't know. doesn't get on grounds out hits a fly ball whatever then arenado hits a double and murphy hits a single Mm -hmm. that doesn't help you you know like depending on where that single is or whatever nolan arenado is unlikely to score there whereas a hampson does or story blackman does yeah or even a story so yeah desmond that hurts that hurts now the one thing that you do like about one, two, three being Blackman, Arenado, Murphy to not, you know, to take the other side of it is you've got three guys at the top of your order that are going to grind out at bats. So 
there's no way a pitcher's going to get out of the first inning with a, you know three pitches or six pitches or you know what I mean like that is helpful for the longevity of your lineup and its ability to start producing later in the game and you like that but to me again Nolan Arenado hitting second is is very challenging con- conceptually yeah to wrap my head around yeah I'm I'm with you there and you do make a good point it that you know if you got if you're starting pitcher in the first inning of the game you got to go up against Blackman Arnado and I'm going to say Trevor Story opposed to the other guy but throw the other yeah. guy in there as well you got to face those three guys no matter what in the first inning you're you're shaking in your boots a little bit that you just you just are yeah especially if you are at Coors Field um so there is the benefit there i i will concede that I will say this, though. I do like Trevor's story hitting fourth. Like, that is my favorite spot for him, for sure. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I, like, I know that he's he's fast and he is that guy. You, I definitely like him better at second than Arenado, but I really like the 3-4 hole. I mean, I'd rather see Murphy, I guess, hitting second, which is crazy to say. But really, if I'm looking at it, I'd rather see Dahl second and Murphy fifth. You know, just switch those two around. Yeah. Well, and that's we'll leave that. that they're obsessed with the right left. Oh you know, yeah, the right left thing. So. Yeah, in this situation, it's left, right, left, right. Okay. Left. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which you no? Know, when was and the then, last time the Rockies had a switch hitter? Was it Dexter? Yeah. Nutters. Yeah, I you know and uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's interesting. I I do think that that makes sense because it does kind of jack up your your uh, opponent's strategy when it comes to putting pitchers in. But still, like these guys all like Blackman, Arenado, Murphy, Story, whatever. You know they're gonna hit righties and lefties. Doesn't like doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I, mean, I, I personally have never, I hate the right left. When I was a kid, when I was like 12 years old, yeah, made great sense. I was playing, uh, you know, the, the video game and that's how I'd construct my lineup. But then it's just, it, sometimes it seems arbitrary and it's kind of like, and then the platoon, I, I just really don't like the platoon either. Uh, teams have been doing it for years though. So whatever. Yeah. Oh, and I wanted to before we before we uh, get out of here today on this beautiful Sunday um, for us. When you're listening to this, yes. I, maybe you are listening to it on a Sunday. But uh, how many playoff games have the Angels won with Mike Trout hitting second? Just wanted uh, to I don't know. get that in there. Now <laughs> I know that team has other issues, but I just think you know Trout does it and so like now every team has got to do it and i think it's it works it does work for trout because he he can leg out a single like that's the other thing nolan's not legging out any single you know that's just not happening right right which also brings the, the issue that it becomes easier to hit into a double play from your three hole and your four hole guys who's wearing number nine especially yeah 
Yes. Yeah, like, let's just find a, I don't know, hopefully that doesn't last long if that's the way they go, but it seems like, seems like that might be the way they're going, so. Yeah, if the top, if all four of those guys hit 40 home runs this season, then I don't think, you know, anyone's going to bat an eyelash, but. Yeah, could happen. That would be, that would be crazy, right? If, if Blackman, that would be crazy. Nolan, Murphy, and Pink all hit 40 home runs or more. It honestly is like, you say that and it is crazy, but it's to- it's not <laughs> out of the question. I mean, it's, okay, so if you had to put a percentage on it, <laughs> what are the chances that all four of those guys hit 40 home runs this year? <laughs> 40%. Oh, wow. Right? As, as nice. long as I'm under 50 and they don't do it? I- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're good. You're good. <laughs> All right. Well, I would say uh, that brings us to a uh, nice little uh, conclusion of the podcast, unless you have anything else that you, you want to get in there. I do not. All right. Well, we have... Uh, a couple more weeks of uh, spring training and then get ready for the season to start. Well, I guess we, we are going to probably be doing weekly podcasts going forward. So set your set your calendar, set your date. Uh, next week we might be talking uh, Rockies Athletics. Uh, we might be talking Rockies Diamondbacks, Rockies Indians, all, all spring training stuff. So uh, who knows what's going to happen between now and then, but uh, we're going to know more about our starting lineup and who our fifth starter is and who's going to win that uh, second base job. So think about it. Enjoy the next week and set your calendar for next week's edition of the Rockaroo. Go Rockies! Another solid performance, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was good.